That's right, episode 146, as Bob Nastanovich was saying in the intro there. January 20th, 2021. Bob. Yeah, 146, 146, uh, not planned by the Three Songs podcast. We had the uh, 46th President of the United States uh, inaugurated today. That's right. Joe Biden. That's right. And, uh, you know, this is a music podcast, not a political one, but... So, you know, we'll save it for the professionals. Just <laughs> turn on your TV. Yeah. Uh, um, make sure you see both sides of the coin here. Um, what do you mean I by thought that? it was. Well, I just thought it was kind of intriguing to spend like about 45 minutes uh, watching the tenuous approach of uh, Fox News. Mm, I haven't seen any yeah. of that. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, there's... I would have mixed, to say, mixed gushing, mixed gushing. Yeah. So uh, here, let's let's get the pleasantries out of the way. You're Bob Nastanovich. I'm Mike Hogan. You're in the Des Moines. I'm in po- Portland, uh, <laughs> and um, let's to the nasty. This is three songs podcast. But um, so my two favorite things from today, and I don't know if you've seen or been following along with any of this, but no, um, I just watched the Trump family leave. I was I was very cool. With that, 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 so I gotta, that was cool. Yeah, I got up early to make sure, like, that I saw them to, clear it all out to make Basically, sure they actually like, did leave. Yeah, I mean, I figured that would be like, you know, sometimes the first song's the highlight, but like, you know, to me, that's the big highlight of the day. Like, right? Get well, the fuck out of there. Th- that was that was pretty great. Um, I would like to. I would have liked to have had like a camera to see the the actual sanitation process of the inside of the White House yeah. over, the next, over the next two hours. Of, right, right, right. Because six hours later, like, new people go in there, and I, I know they put new pictures up on the wall and shit like that. But right. Anyways, talk about your highlights. Well, um, the, the, I obviously did not watch any of the entertainment. I, I didn't watch any of I watched a bit of the inauguration. I was working, though, so I, I kind of, like, had I one saw eye the on it. brilliant poem. Yeah, the poem. The poem was certainly the highlight of, I think, the inauguration. I, I need to yeah. go back and watch that again. Um, I have not. I'm looking forward to doing that. Me, only, oh. me too. But uh, for me, what's been the most fun is following along all these like QAnon followers who oh, are yeah, slowly yeah, realizing that. that none of this shit that they thought was going to happen is happening. You know. And the oh sl- weird, where, where have you been looking at that? Oh, uh, there's there's a few there's a well one really good um, Twitter follow is Parlor Takes, um, you know okay. the, the webs okay, yeah. the website or the app Parlor P P A R L E R. So it's Parlor yeah, Takes. Not hastily recommended, really, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. But the, so what this <laughs> what this account does is this account goes on Parlor. I think the 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 bio of the account is. I'm on Parlor, so you don't have to be, or something like that, and like takes screen caps oh, and so videos. And Robbie of Fox News, then. Yeah, and and um, posts them back on Twitter, and it's basically like, you know, a live feed of. Well, let me call a timeout, Mike. So okay. it's basically someone who spends like a huge part of their life like punishing themselves with like really like warped and terrifying information, and then like picks the best for you to consume. Exactly. <laughs> God, I mean, like, what a way to live. That's I mean, exactly like, it. That's exactly I it. I could do it. I could do I, it for, like, three days, you know, but, like, I couldn't. Right, right, right. So there's just, it's... I it's, mean, a half hour of Fox News today will do me. Well, it's just amazing. I mean, in the last few days, I don't know if you were following along, like, uh, Mike Pompeo's tweets. Like, I guess they were scheduled... Every half hour on the bottom and the top of the hour, like he, you know, fed them into Hootsuite and they were just coming out. But like all these QAnon followers had all these theories about like when it moves from 
30 minutes to 15 minutes. That means it's go time. And they're, they're, they're dissecting every single word as like coded messages. It's like crazy shit. And then yeah. realizing they're sick. There's a lot of sick minds out there. Realizing this that none of this remains stuff, my biggest concern. You can take any kind of reprieve you want, but like my lord, Mike. Yeah, I mean, like, right. Um, shit, come on. So so anyway, so so that that's been interesting to watch. But organized insanity is always very dangerous. The the other thing that I've been loving, and I I, I would imagine you've seen this the that photo of Bernie Sanders. From today, yeah, I've seen that used in many memes. Sitting, sitting with his arms crossed and wearing the the big wool yeah, the mittens. Um, yeah, yeah, Blue I've mask. I've seen him dropped onto the cover of the Minor Threat uh, album. Yeah, everything, everything. I've seen it like eighty memes. <laughs> yeah, you call those memes, right? They're, <laughs> They're memes. The memes have language. That's yeah. right. That's right. Um, so anyway, enough enough uh, current events. This will get stale um, even in a week if somebody's listening. Apologies. Um, oh, it's okay. No, you've probably already skipped over it. Let's get to the music, though. We've got some good songs tonight. I'm excited. Some legends going to be, you know. I mean, yeah. one thing we do in this program is is um, celebrate the unheralded. Mm-hmm. And you're going to kick that off with like a mini feature on like not only one of my favorite musicians, but one of like truly one of the coolest people I ever met. I have never met her, but everybody that has met her um, has always just praised how wonderful and sweet and friendly and humble. Really she is. smart, yeah. Really, really smart. Really entertaining and like just just a just a cool lady. Yeah, we're talking kind about- of like to be in a like I'm sure you remember the podcast with my dear friend Lucy Arnell. Like, of course, um, Lucy Arnell and Barb are from the same school. Like human nature yeah yeah Yeah. so so we're we're talking about uh, uh, of course the legendary barbara manning uh and barbara started out in the early 80s with the band 28th day she was later in a uh rather good yeah very good i can we can play some of their stuff we could play something from did you see them i never i never saw them i saw barbara Total California. Yeah, she's, Bay Area. I I saw her um, probably once or twice. Op- usually as an opening act um, in shows in San Francisco uh, in the late eighties, early nineties when I was in college. Yeah, because normally she was like a complete show up and go up artist. Like yeah, I saw her solo a bunch of times. And right, like she could pull that off. Right. Yeah, so she was in 28th Day, and then she was uh, later at, in the unfortunately named World of Pooh. Uh, with an H on the end. With, with an H on the end. I mean, maybe they mean uh, Winnie the Pooh, but even still, um, it, it, I think it's one of those career-limiting names um, with uh, Brendan, <laughs> Brendan Kearney, right? Uh, isn't he in mm-hmm. think, Thinking Fellers? Absolutely. Yeah. So they were they were in that band for a little while, put out, put out a really good record. And then she went solos, released a number of really good solo records. I always kind of thought of her as kind of a West Coast precursor to maybe Liz Fair. Um, no, I mean, I was, I mean, it's, I've never really listened to Liz Fair too much other than the hits. Um, just this, like, that way, Mike. I just mean it, not necessarily the subject matter, but like this strong woman um, songwriter, indie rock um, front woman, more like a, a hippie, folky type that. <sighs> Yeah, fair, like. I guess, but I mean, she was in all these noise groups with, like, you know, the Thinking Fellers guys, and you know, she, she definitely had um, kind of an edge. Well, Barbara to her. falls into the category of people that would have a better music podcast than us, because in the not really, I'm saying just in terms of like, and that's actually no diss to you. I was just <laughs> just myself in this one. Um, <laughs> Where are you going with this, Bob? She's just one of these music aficionados that her like tracy wilson like just yeah. a massive library like to me like she was like and she is a few years older than me but to me she was just like always one step ahead she was always like well she and gerard were really good friends i met her yeah. through gerard Cosley, and like sure they were just like you know her fan scene would have kicked ass like but i think she was in bands kind right. of person you know like, right yeah, uh, uh, um, she would be a fantastic guest on the show if we could ever get a hold of her. And um, yeah, I can do that. Okay, that would be that yeah, would be amazing. Beach. She's from San Diego and she's in 
Long Beach. You know, she's still boy. We've talked about her a lot without playing a song. Let's let's play a song. Um, we'll start with the one you wanted to hear, uh, "Smoking Her Wings." Uh, yeah, this is up that near the album "One Perfect Green Blanket." One perfect green one. blanket, exactly. Um, so we'll start with that, then we'll come back. We'll talk a little more. We'll play maybe two or three other songs of hers. Um, Robert Scott cover to kick it off. Yeah, here you go, Barbara Manning, "Smoking Her Wings." Barbara. Babuna Honig. Barbara Manning, you um, you picked a song, that the accessible she, side. She covered okay, and, and yeah. I think one of the one of the versatile things about her is she's a she's a great songwriter. She's a really good singer, um, but she's also a really good interpreter of other people's songs. And I think absolutely that's, that's a fantastic example right there. Thank you. Uh, cover of of course New Zealand artist um, Robert Scott of the Bats. And she put out a record in the late 90s called In New Zealand, where she traveled, uh, recorded in New Zealand with 
New Zealand artist, as well as um, I guess she brought the basically she brought the Calexico guys to New Zealand to record with her. So half of the record is her playing with people like Graham Downs and Chris Knox and David Kilgour of uh, The Clean. Um, and then the other half is her basically fronting Calexico. It's kind of like a camp miss recipe on both ends. Exactly. Um, fan- yeah. Fantastic record. She, Barbara was like ahead of the curve of the New Zealand pop thing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, um, you know, just one of those really, really good records where, again, a large portion of the album is her own songs, but also she does covers of Graham Downs from the Verlaines. She does cover a cover of the Cleans. Um, uh, Everything I do is right. Everything I do is wrong. That's the Clean, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, so, so like, she's brave that way. Yeah, you know, like, yeah. For like sure. one of those people, like you know, I think she was raised in a situation where, like, you know, people made music around the campfire, sort of thing. Yeah. Which I wasn't. And like, so yeah. like, I think there's that whole, like you hear like an amazing song and you want to do your own version, which obviously is way beyond certainly me and, and you. <laughs> right. And so like she hears a song and falls in love with it and she wants to do her own version. I know people like that. I mean, like there's a, there's a few that I've known. Those are people that are just like relentless, like relentlessly. And they hear music differently from you and me. Right. They don't really hear the song. They hear like how it's being played. Right. I think being playing guitar is probably key, but like who knows? I'm sure you can do it a little instruments. But anyways, yeah, you wanted to play a song off of In New Zealand. I did. Uh, well, uh, oh, I don't know. I I wasn't necessarily planning on playing one from In New Zealand, but I certainly could. Um, you do whatever you want, Mike. <laughs> I don't know. I was just You're talking about it because I was listening to it earlier tonight. Um, but I'm binge listening, Barbara Man. I, I you know I was kind of I was preparing. Let's call it preparing. Um, Whoa. But no, I, I think maybe what I'm going to do is shift gears a little and play a song from World of Pooh. Um, this is from their, well, only album, first album, yeah. only album. They did release a, a cassette um, that's not really very widely available. Um, but this is from the Land of Thirst LP uh Boy, I don't have. I think 1989. Does that sound right? Yeah, definitely late 80s. Yeah. Um, anyway, here you go. Well, maybe World, early 90s. Who knows? I think it was late 80s. Um, her first solo record, uh, lately, I keep scissors. Um, was from 1991. So I think this was uh, prior to that. Late late 80s. With uh, well, most of them, like originally released on German labels. Um, like Heyday or something like that? Or? Yeah, Heyday was the one that originally released. I thought that was a San Francisco record, but maybe they had a German... Shit, if I know. I just don't yeah. want to mention the business side. There's too much to talk about. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, Somewhere Soon, Land of Pooh. Or sorry, World of Pooh from the Land of Thirst. Barbara Manning on lead vocals. <laughs>
World of Pooh. Yeah, it's great. Barbara Manning. <clears throat> you know, I, in a lot of ways, I guess part of the why I, I say Liz Fair is, to me, she seemed like a precursor to a lot of those early 90s indie rock women. Um, I'm thinking of, like, Scrawl, Tsunami. Same um, era. Same era, but... but Scrawl, no, Scrawl started in the mid-80s. They would have been the same. Yeah, and... and um, right, well, and Barbara started... Early you could easily, like, you know, they were similar, but I don't think <clears throat> For sure. Barbara led the way. For sure. Well, maybe not led the way. I just, like, a sort of a, a West Coast version, because I can't really think of many, you know, there were certainly West Coast um, women in punk rock in the early 80s, but I can't really think of too many like I think her. in her case, like, she's just more, like, from California and a kind of world traveler. Yeah, it's like she was like as much as East Coast artist. Like where she was celebrated, I think was like all around because like she was willing to show up. I mean, like she's the kind of person you could like. I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. Yeah, please CBGB's do. CBGB's like um, Henry Rollins is reading spoken word poetry, and um, and apparently there was like whoever the opening act is CBGB's and the opening act cancels. Like you can't. Just have like Henry Rollins like reading poetry on a Thursday night at CBGB's, <laughs> right? Okay, and like I mean that could go on for. I mean, he can't do eighty minutes. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, so I mean, like I think she got like so, like somebody's like, oh, Barbara Manning's in town. It's like Barbara's called, sort of thing. And because um, I I kind of remember like the it not being promoted until like day up or day before. So it's like obviously going to bring in like two different crowds, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. absolutely the way it was. I mean, like on an ideal night back then, they'd have five different crowds. Like people would just leave when like the style didn't like was up on stage. But like at the time, like Henry had this amazing uh, merchandise stand um, that was like mostly like all of his poetry books and stuff like that. There's so many items you know, like, and it was mm-hmm. almost like vain in a way, because obviously he's a known artist, but, but whatever. So Barbara was the opening act. She got up there with her guitar, the dress on, and played, you know, solo acoustic and sang. And she's got a great sense of humor. And throughout the course of the set, she Henry's like sitting in his merch stand, and the crowd is not big. And... <laughs> And she kept making fun of his merch stand, like just <laughs> relentlessly making fun of his merch stand. I mean, just like in real, in great comedic skills. Like, yeah, I think she actually like studied it. Like, she might have had like ten minutes alone with it. Had some material that she kept in her head. Very clever, and it really, really pissed Rollins off. <laughs> I could really see, I could see Rollins having very little sense of humor. Yeah, but this is like Barbara. I mean, like, from my standpoint, this is like Barbara Manning. Fortunately, I was somehow in a karmic circle. Like, I'd, I'd see her often. Yes. And um, I'm sorry, what did you say? You can't imagine Rollins having much of a sense of humor? <clears throat> yeah, I, 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 I can't. <laughs> well, definitely about his merch stand when somebody's, like, heckling it. <laughs> I... And, like, at, like, a one-third full room at CB's, like. Well, I, he doesn't seem like the self-deprecating type. Let's just put it that way. I think he's got a, it might be a bit narcissistic, Mike, but um, that's all beside the point. So right. anyways, after the show, like Barbara's like laughing and like, you know, whatever, the 15 people who love her, like just for like, that were there, of 75 or whatever, were like, just thought it was great and laughed. I mean, really hard. And Rollins went up to her and sort and like engaged her in conversation. Like she made a smart ass comment back and he ended up pushing her, like he pushed her on the ground. What? Yeah, yeah. He pushed he pushed Barbara Manning on the ground, and like Whoa. she got a, she got up and stuff like that, and like nothing materialized out of it. But like it was like, I mean that story spread like wildfire around what was like the New York Hoboken scene. Like Jerry Rollins pushing Barbara Manning down. Yeah, and then Barbara just like got got back up and laughed and like walked away, sort of thing, you know. Huh. But like, a, you know, several dozen people, including. Um, a few of my friends saw it and were just like amazed. And it, just, it wasn't much, but he just, 
he just couldn't handle it. Like he said, you know, he just couldn't handle the fact that he was being made fun of by hmm. whomever, but right. in this case, Barbara Manning. So, um, she could do that. So yeah, her well, more power to her. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> seriously, um, she handled herself extremely well. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could imagine. Always um, welcome, say multi-talented, <laughs> comedic skills, uh, interpreter of other people's songs, and singer-songwriter um, Barbara Manning. Uh, why don't I? Her it, mother grew great weed. Oh yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that's another story for another song. <laughs> okay, let's play. Let's play one more from her. From this is from that lately. I keep scissors record, nineteen ninety one. This is a song. It's interesting because this is a song she first play wrote and played while she was with Twenty Eighth Day in the mid eighties, early to mid eighties. Um, they recorded it, or they—I don't know if they ever recorded. We haven't in the even studio. talked about SF Seals. We haven't talked about SF Seals. <clears throat> um, we haven't talked about. Oh God, I don't know a lot. A lot of other, you know, she she was on that album um, that Stephen Merritt did with a bunch of indie rock artists called The Sixth. Um, she did. She yeah, the kind of person you'd call when you'd be like, "We need to validate this project," to so call Barbara Manning. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, it could have been the case there. I've never heard that. So that's a that's a pretty interesting record. You know, Stephen Merritt from the Magne- Magnetic Fields. He no. he did a record with, um, where he got different indie rock artists to cover his songs, or basically wrote. Is he good? Oh yeah, I think he's a he's a he's a good songwriter. We've talked about him on the show. I know you're not down. He's a very I good just songwriter. No, I just don't know. Like, <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't no, know. Like there's you know people listen to the show that that and yourself like, that like knows music, but like that's no, it's one of the things I skipped. It's good stuff. I think you dig it. So um, the sixth. But I mean, it is weird. Like like make a bunch of songs and call up a bunch of like really cool people and say, we cover one of my songs. But what is, what is that about? Like mentally, like that's weird. Well, I think I, perhaps, but I think in speaking for him, I don't know him. I'm kind of guessing. I think I'm going to kind of be like David Berman, like, you know, calling a bunch of people and saying like, you know, we read one of my poems, you know, like while I sit there and like, you know, enjoy like my own art being read. Maybe, maybe, but here's, here's, here's the, here's the flip side to this, Bob. Okay. I think he's a guy who felt like his voice was maybe really not expressive enough. And he wanted to write songs for other musicians to perform because he, his palette was far too limited to express what he wanted to express in terms of the songs he was creating. So he, he, this project he did, he got Barbara Manning to play, to sing. He got Mary Timoney to do a song. KMS, KMS. Um, Barbara, um, sorry, um, Georgia Hubley from uh, Yola Tango, Mac McGon from Superchunk, Robert, Robert Scott, who we've mentioned from The Bats, does a song. Mark Robinson from Unrest. Chris Knox does a song from Tall Dwarfs, of course. Lou Barlow. Um, just It was just an interesting early 90s indie rock experiment yeah so like make um so i make the songs i'm a brilliant songwriter so it's almost like that that kind of thing has happened in like place like nashville for a thousand years for sure exactly it's the indie rock so like applying that that to indie rock exactly so okay that's exactly it that's exactly it um so check it out that's all i'm saying it's interesting Especially since it has so many people involved who I know you like, you you, you may dig it, you know. But that's yeah, that's I mean, whatever. That's, you know, that's, it's, it's, that's all beside the point. Beside the point. Um, let me play. I'll, I'll play "Prophecy Written." Me a, digging things. As I mentioned, this is a song that she first did with Twenty Eighth Day in the mid '80s. For whatever reason, she never at least recorded it with the band between Twenty Eighth Day and when she put it out on this first solo record in 1991, um, World of Pooh, she never, I mean, she may have played it live with them, but it certainly never made their records. 
Anyway, the song's called Prophecy Written. Uh, Barbara Manning. Barbara Manning makes you feel like Bill Walton. Yeah? Please. You ever listen to Bill Walton analyze a sporting event? Uh, oh, yeah. I have. It's been, yeah, it's yeah. Been you need to listen to Bill. I'll let you know what he's on. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Here you go. Prophe- <laughs> pro- prophecy Written. Barbara. <laughs> a great little song there um i think our um barbara manning selections are improving throughout the course of the show <laughs> uh perhaps um classic record uh lately i keep scissors you know she's recently started uploading songs to Bandcamp for free download not even a pay what you want as far as i can tell you don't even have an option to pay her for them um but she in December she did a Bob Dylan cover, "Lay Down Your Weary Tune, Lay Down." She also did a, a Richard and Linda Thompson song, and then she did a Handsome Family song. So I hope Amazing. I hope this is a new series where she's starting to just record and release songs now and then. Uh, but check it out. Uh, it's Generous person. BarbaraManning.bandcamp.com still going and um, the. The Bob Dylan song, it says, um, on the porch with my acoustic guitar. So There you go. That's her. Sounds like Barbara. Glad she's doing well. Yeah. Anyways, I'll go ahead and um, 
So I guess I'll play Curling Hiss. Okay. Rock Let's go to Philadelphia. Yeah, we'll kick it up several notches on the noise end. I think you're about to do the same after me, but <laughs> Maybe. Uh, sixth album, High Bias, um, Drag City, uh, Philadelphia band. Basically, it's like one. I don't know how to say this guy's last name. Mike Polizze, P O L I Z Z E. Mike Polizze. Yeah, yeah. Philadelphia guys worked with Kurt Vile. Polizze, something like that. And. Uh, but uh, Perling Hiss, like, they, they're like a whirlwind. Um, this guy, like, twirls his noise. And a um, really cool song called Pulsations off of uh, High Bias, Perling Hiss. <laughs> So that's a band um engines revved yeah uh high voltage yeah. um <laughs> yeah big time you, a lot of tie-ins to like trad punk rock there my friend for sure um yeah. and you know it's funny they're a band that i've heard a little bit of but haven't heard a whole lot and for some reason i kind of thought they were much mellower but that's a yeah a well rave. that's like a heavy one that's a heavy one but yeah uh, I dug it. Uh, I'll have to Philly punk man. I'll have to dig in further. I always thought they were like. more hippie uh, psychedelia, but that's like they've got a lot of psychedelia. I don't know about hippie. Okay. Yeah, yeah maybe that's it was... like that's a punk rave. Okay. Well, cool. That's um, like you know, let's kick it in the high gear. I like that. 
Or at the Kyber Pass Pub. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, Perling has P-U-R-L-I-N-G his. Perling, yeah. Currently a Drag City artist, but I, that was their sixth LP, High, high Bias, that that one was from. And, like, I'm not sure which Drag City release it is, you know. A couple years ago, you said? 2016. 2016. Sixth album. Five They're prolific. It's a thing. They're no Daniel Romano, but like, you know. <laughs> They're like the OCs. Uh, yeah, yeah. Ty Siegel. We, we haven't played them. Uh, you know. That would be, see, that would be a natural double bill. Right. Rolling Hiss and the OCs. Yes, yes. That would be probably a pretty rocking show, too. Punishing, punishing. Punishing. Well, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna keep it punishing. This is. Not like Halo flies and Tad when you were in college. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Uh Good old AMREP noise. Um, I'm going to go around the same, I guess the same era, 2014. This is an Essex band. Uh, I believe this is their only album. They may or may not still be around. I don't know. They haven't put anything out since 2014. Uh, But they are called Howling Black Soul. And... Like heavy blues, aren't they? uh, Yeah, I mean... I guess it's like definitely rock. It's big old rock. Um, you know, big it's sort of rock. like the 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 it's blues in the sense that like the Black Keys or even Black Sabbath is blues because um, it kind of has more of a Black Sabbath feel to it. What got you into this? To my ears, uh, I just I heard it. I don't know when you know, a little while ago and was just like, this is a good rock, I like this one. good rock album. And this is the sort of thing that, and we've talked about this on the show quite a bit, that um, probably sounds okay on record, but you can just imagine the power live. Uh, and they're a band that, you know, I mean... Hopefully we'll imagine the power live in 2021, for God's sakes. For sure. They're, you know, these guys are probably relatively unknown. I don't know I don't know how much they've toured or, or even toured outside of the UK, but... Just well, to... in their case, like you wouldn't call yourself Howling Black Soul, like if you wanted to be like commercial, if you were like a 2016 like South of London like white boy band playing heavy rock. <laughs> right, right. It's not very marketable. No, it's not terribly marketable. Um, but they just they just have this sound that I imagine is incredible live. So I'll play um, play Soul Delay. We'll play this song. Perfect. Tell me what you think. 2014. Yeah, it's 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 going to push into the red. So, um, but I think that's just the that's the way it's meant to be. So here you go. <laughs> Blow your soul to 
heavy. Yeah, so it's a kind of like, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's kind of like um, White Stripes, but like with like, 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 let's take like what Jack and Meg did and like make it a four or five piece, like, I mean, it's gleaming. Yes, and turn up the volume. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, look, this is. It seems like to me like they probably saw White Stripes play when they were kids at like Reading or something, and they're like. Maybe. And the guitar player definitely is into that, like, that, what's the guy's name? From Tony Iommi? Oh, yeah, Black Black Sabbath. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you hear that. To to me, it's less White Stripes and more like Black Sabbath. Or you know, Led yeah, Zeppelin, the guitar player for sure, and the um, it's like you know, whatever, like, like amped up, total I mean, heavy metal. It's, it's total heavy metal. Yeah, but it's it's like not really dark. Like it's not like doom no, metal fun. or anything. Yeah, exactly. And, That's why it's not like Black Sabbath then. <laughs> ouch. Um, <laughs> I mean, you know, you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, yeah, it's got no, kind of a boogie feel to it. For sure, I mean, for it's sure. It's like extremely derivative, but like it's their own it's, version, their own take, and I think they did. I think they did it well. Right, and and that's the thing. It's like they're not they're not breaking any new ground, and I think their yeah, influences but like having fun kicking ass. Exactly, their influences are very easily traced, but that's okay. And yeah, you're damn right, it's okay. It's the way it should be, really. <laughs> Um, you know, it's like at this day and age, like you've got to be like whatever to be com- like completely original, not like have some music scientist sit around like figure out like what records made you make the music that you did. Right. It's I mean, like it's as simple as that. Let's let, let, let we'll we'll talk about it in terms of meals. Okay, this is. <laughs> You know, this isn't like gourmet cooking. That's like a good, like really satisfying pizza. All right. Well, you know, in my case, it would be a bowl of chili. Okay, or a bowl of chili that works too. I mean, it's it's not it's not going to win a James Beard award. <laughs> that was like a, one of the worst. Like, well, we it's one of the top five thousand worst words in losing history three song spot. Um. <laughs> yeah, thanks for playing them, and I and believe me, like if you and I were like in London in nine months, and we were at like a rock bar, yep. and like we found out Howling Black Soul was about to go on, yep. we would be in the front row. Yeah, right, yeah, right, laughing exactly. Okay, so like, yeah, so like exactly. I'm not saying they don't have their their purpose yeah in 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 lieu of being able to see live music i'm just trying to imagine what bands certain bands would be like like, why you'd be like i like i want to see a loud rock band so bad yeah and like this band fits the bill like punishing your ears but just loving every minute of it yeah and i'm like i don't have much of your life left but like i guarantee i'll punish the hell out of it until it goes (laughs) um on that note i'll take i'll play some feel good jazz Let's chill it on out. Let's go back to California. And, um, you know, of course, I've talked about my love and admiration of vibraphonists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And this is one of my favorites. Um, guy that lived, heavy smoking vibraphonist, lived from 41 to 2016. And he made this album in 1975. And this is actually... I'll have to ask you because you're more of a Northern California guy, but like the song is called the title track off his 1975 album Montara. Tell me if you hear like, um, tell me if you hear a little percussion like from the Slint Spiderland variety that's completely by accident, but like, oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. it's not. I mean, yeah, it's, okay. I don't think there's any connection there, but like, right. Those listen to the bongos as you listen to the vibraphone, Bobby Hutcherson. Okay. Blue Mon- Note Records. Montara is the name of the song. Yeah, Title Montara. track. Title Montara. track. Title track, yeah. Okay. Feel good jazz. All right, let's check it out. Thank you. 
definitely chills us out a little after Hallowlock's yes. Soul. Yeah, Hutcherson's rolling. Looks like he's still clicking away, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, uh, he kind of brought the vibraphone back to life, like in the post-Lionel Hampton era. So I'm, but it was I'm, always still there. I have to admit, I, I didn't really hear the, the slint vibe other than... Good morning, Captain, man. Like that, like a... Other than the groove. Yeah. Like to me, like, I, I hear, like, when I listen to that, I hear, like, um, the drums on Good Morning Captain being played in the background. Although, like, I will say this, like, I, I don't know if it was the great Harvey Mason from Foreplay. I know played on that record, but there's a collaboration of many percussionists, and I don't know who was playing that. Sounds like a bongo, doesn't it? Yeah. 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 I, I think I can do that. I think I could actually, like, sit in and do, like, if Hutchinson was still alive, I think I could. I, that's like the kind of song I could actually play. On. <laughs> I can. I. I mean, I guess I can kind of hear it from a groove standpoint, just because. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever, man. Okay. Whatever. It's a right. stupid point. Yeah. yeah. Uh, regardless. Listen to them back to back. Listen to Good okay. Morning Captain. And, <laughs> I will. I will. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm immediately after the show. I'm silly enough to actually do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I I like that, and you know it's it's funny, just like Perling Hiss, Bobby Hutcherson is an artist that I'm familiar with. I know I've known the name. I you know like I know he's a legend. I know like like he's adjacent to all of these other artists that I'm a huge fan of, but I've just never really delved into his discography and you have this yeah, there's knack. a lot to listen to i don't i mean i've only listened to probably a hundredth of it myself yeah but you have this knack of doing this and I, and that's why i mentioned perling hiss um where like they'll they'll kind of cross my radar but i really don't pay too much attention and then you'll surface them on the show and i'll be like holy shit i need to dive deeper so oh cool again thank you well, you're more than welcome, and I'd like to say that, like, um, go ahead and play another artist that I know, like, 75% of everything they've ever done by. Uh, is that a lot? Like everything, like everything you always play. That's, that's probably... Because I am a human music library. That's probably more than I know of... <laughs> no, I'm just... Don't no, believe me. Like, I, I'm just, like, being facetious. Okay. Um, okay. I don't know what the hell you're playing uh, i'm gonna play jimmy cliff in this case i do because you're playing a reggae legend i'm playing a reggae legend i'm gonna play jimmy cliff um this is a song boy it's like 50 years old now came out in 1971 um you play some a classic reggae song a classic reggae song but like, yeah to me i know he's a reggae legend this does not really even sound like a reggae song. This is just a beautiful, 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 rock steady, beautiful song, and highlights his incredibly beautiful voice as well. Like this, this beautiful, almost falsetto voice. Maybe it is. I don't know enough about music to know if it's falsetto or not. But just this high voice that I have a great voice, Mike, and I'll tell you is incredibly sweet, <laughs> um, and it's just this pretty little song um that is you know it's a classic it was on the harder they come soundtrack um which is i'm sure where i first heard it um yeah good starting point it is it, you know still a classic record um absolutely which i listen to um every now and then uh if i want that certain vibe but um anyway it just it's it's a song i guess maybe today in particular because of the inauguration and the transition and just not knowing what the world, what, what, what is going to be next for this world and, um, you know, 10 months, this country country and, and, you know, I mean, 10 months into a pandemic, you know, 10 months into a pandemic, um, it just felt appropriate. And I wanted to play it and highlight the wonderful Jimmy Cliff uh, and his song, Sitting in Limbo. Sitting here in limbo But I know it won't be 
Such a beautiful song. Well, uh, yeah, pandemic classic. <laughs> right? It's yeah, like the geez, theme. Please. It's the it's theme. kind of summed it all up there, isn't it? The theme of 2020. I mean, let's hope now we're... 21. Let's hope we're transitioning out of limbo. Episode 146. Episode 146. Thank yeah, you. Nice listening to music to you. Thank you for uh, joining and me, Bob. You. 
and talking and bringing, oh, my pleasure. bringing some wonderful songs. Uh, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, yeah, thank you. I'm sure we'll do this again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Might as well. All right. I got nothing else going yeah. on. Got no vaccine yet. No vaccine here either. Yeah, then we're, we'll keep doing podcasts. <laughs> we'll keep doing them after, the, after we get vaccines. We'll just <laughs> be a little more free. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, all right. Rome. Stay safe, stay well, stay healthy, stay happy. Uh, Keep on keeping on, my man. Yeah, take care of yourself. Good night. You too. Thanks, everyone.